0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Amen! Amen! You may be seated. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're, we're so excited to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And uh, the, this morning's message is the reason, and this may be a little different message than what you're accustomed to on Resurrection Sunday, but we all, I think everyone knows the events of what happened on Good Friday when Jesus went to the cross and he died for all of our sins, and then on three, three days later, he was resurrected, raised back to life. And, uh, you know, that's a very significant event because it's one thing that he went to the cross to die for all of our sins. I mean, that was vitally important, but it was also important that, uh, that he rose from the grave on the third day because it, it proves that not only did he conquer sin, but he conquered death as well. And the, many of the, the religious Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus thinking that, you know, if we could just get rid of Jesus, then a lot of our problems would go away. And I think that the Roman government would have been okay with that as well. I think they were all right too, because that was one less thing that they would have to contend with. And, and we know that they stationed guards. One, they, they wanted to make sure that Jesus was really dead that uh, that he he couldn't come back to life according to what they were hoping and thinking. And then they sealed the tomb and they had armed guards there because they knew that if Jesus rose, it would create a bigger mess for them because it would prove that he not only conquered sin, but he conquered death and that he truly was the Messiah. And they did everything that they could to try to stop that, but it didn't work. My first point, if you're taking notes, I have three points this morning. My first point is true love requires sacrifice. And, and if you're married, you know that that's true. Or if you have children or grandchildren, you realize that true love does require sacrifice because we don't always get everything that we want. And, and the greatest sacrifice that we have demonstrated is Jesus giving of his life for us coming from heaven and, and coming down to earth and then giving, willingly giving of his life for all of our sins. Um, as followers of Christ, we, we don't serve a number of different gods. We um, don't kneel to an image. We worship the one true living God that is alive. And uh, he's not enshrined in a tomb somewhere. But he rose and is seated at the right hand of God and one day he will return for his his children. I want to I want to really emphasize something here this morning that as I was preparing for this message I thought that the Lord really wanted me to to share and to emphasize is that Jesus died for all of our sins. All of them. It doesn't matter what we done. Listen, when when Jesus came and died He paid it all, and there is abundant grace for us who receive Christ and accept His forgiveness. I've talked to people, to women that have had abortion, and and they're dealing with things, and what I've told them is there's grace for that. I've talked to people that have been caught up in all kinds of sexual addictions and, and immorality and things like that. There's grace for that. I've talked to people that have said... I. I turned my back on on the Lord. I had a relationship with him at one time, and I walked away. Listen, there is grace for that. It doesn't matter what you've done. It It matters not. There is grace for you. And that's the message and the hope that Christ wanted to bring, that through him there's grace, there's mercy. As he pours out his love and forgiveness, and we just need to receive that. That his mercy is abundant and available to us and i was thinking about one of jesus closest disciples peter before jesus died peter said hey i'm with you man i will die for you you can count on me and jesus said well actually peter before the rooster crows in the morning you're going to deny me three times and we know that that was true. But there's, there's another part of the story. After Jesus rose, we see the, the wonderful, beautiful account of the restoration of Peter and Jesus, where Jesus goes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, you know I love you. And Jesus asked him a second time, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, you know I love you. And then Jesus asked him a third time, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. But here's an important part of that that whole story, is that when Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He was using the word agapeo, which means unconditional, deep love. He's, He's saying, Peter, do you love me with a deep, unconditional love? And Peter's responding, he's saying, well, I love you with phileo love. I love you with warm affection. I love you like a friend. See, Peter learned something, I think, through this process. He learned that he can't fool God. You know, if someone comes to us and says, hey, do you love me? There's peer pressure, right, to say, oh, I love you too, right? But Peter, but Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me with this unconditional love? It's the same word that's used in John three sixteen. For God loved with agape love, God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the word that Jesus was using, and Peter is responding with a different word. He's saying, Well, I, I love you like a brother. And the second time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me with agapeo love? Do you love me with this unconditional love? And Peter's saying, well, I love you like a brother. I love you, man. I love you with this phileo love. But then the third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me with phileo love? Can you start there? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. I love you with Phileo love. And I was thinking about how many times when people come to the Lord, they come into this relationship. You know, they go to church or they come to a service like this, and people are singing, Oh, I love the Lord, and and, and people may be going, Well, I don't I don't know if I really love him. I don't know if I really have that level of relationship with him. But I think Jesus is saying, Hey, come on. I'm not asking you to go from zero to hundred. I'm asking you to go from zero to one. Will you just take my hand? Will you receive my love? Will you begin to walk in this relationship? Will you begin to develop this relationship with me? And I think that's what the Lord really wants for all of us. Because none of us have arrived. All of us are a work in progress. But Jesus is saying it doesn't matter what you've done. My love is sufficient what I did on the cross was sufficient. There's no other religion like the Christian religion that's based on love. Our relationship with the Lord is based on grace, not performance. And we live in such a performance-based society that we think we have to perform, but our relationship is based on grace. So my first point this morning is, True love requires sacrifice. And what we see is the amazing sacrifice that Christ gave for us. My second point is the sacrifice of Jesus is sufficient to cover all of our sins. His sacrifice is sufficient to cover all of our sins. The last thing that Jesus said on the cross before he died is it is finished. And what he was really saying is it's complete. What I did accomplished everything that was needed for your forgiveness of all your sins. There, you know, there's, there's a couple of potential issues with that, though, because we have a free will. That's one of the greatest things that the, that the Lord gave us was a free will to be able to make choices on our own. And there are some people that would say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a good person. I really don't need God in my life. Everything is good. And they will reject his forgiveness. They will reject him. And then some may say, oh, well, you know, if I become a Christian, then I've got to get religion. And I've got to do all this, all this stuff, all these things. I'm, I'm okay. Well, what they don't realize is that that's where life begins. That it's not about religion. That it's about coming into this intimate, personal relationship with him there's another thing to consider uh, that some people have difficulty in believing and receiving his free gift to us because we're so performance-based oh it, it can't be that easy i mean it, it, surely i have to do something and jesus says no you just need to come to me you just need to believe and receive And take this free gift that I'm offering you of salvation and forgiveness for all your sins. In John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you have abundant life, that you be free. He came to set us free, not bind us up in religion, but to set us free and receive what he came to give. And so some people find it really hard to believe that God can really forgive them. Do you ever have those, those videotapes play in your mind where you go back and you're thinking, oh man, I remember when I did this, oh that was the stupidest thing, that was horrible. Listen, when we come and ask forgiveness, God says those things are gone as far as the east is from the west. We can be free from those things. And I think that there are people here maybe today that are saying, man, I, I don't know, I can't seem to get free. listen. When you come to Christ and you receive His forgiveness, when you invite Him into your life, you're free from those things. I'm not saying that there aren't consequences, and I'm not saying that that you shouldn't go back and maybe try to make restitution, if need be, if you can. But you may not be able to do that. Maybe the person that you need to restore that relationship has already gone on. They're not alive anymore. But you can go to God and you can say, Lord, please forgive me. You can go to those people that you need to ask forgiveness from and, and uh, receive forgiveness. But listen, if, if God forgave you, who are you not to forgive yourself? And who are we not to forgive other people? My third point this morning is God's abundant love is available to everyone every minute of every day. Speaking of God, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1, 7. And he says, he is so, speaking of God, he says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom. Jesus purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. And again, we can't perform well enough to be forgiven of all of our sins, we can't buy with our performance, we simply receive it. And I think that regardless of whether we've been walking with the Lord for a day or for a decade, it's a good reminder of us to realize that all of our sins are forgiven, and that when we stumble and fall, that he's there to pick us up. Paul is showing the early church in Romans chapter 8 verse 38 and 39 he says and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even covid 19 nothing can separate us from God's love not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love verse 39 romans 8 39 no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of god that is revealed in christ jesus our lord jesus is the connecting point for our salvation for this transformed life i love romans 12 2 Romans 12 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So as we come into this restorative relationship with Jesus, he transforms our life. Because if we could fix our broken lives, we probably would. (laughs) Right? And so Jesus came to fix our broken lives. So nothing can separate us from God's love. However, sin can cause a gap in our relationship. Imagine that uh, you have a, a teenage son and he wants to go to a party. And you say, son, no, you cannot go to that party. I don't want you going to that party. Well, you find out that he goes anyway. You may be upset with him. There may be some consequences for him. But do you still love him? You still love him, right? But it, there's something that happens in that relationship, at least for a little bit of time. And so it's, just, it's kind of the same thing with the Lord. I mean, he doesn't get mad at us and walk away. But there's something that happens when we turn and walk away from God that, um, that causes a gap in that relationship. And it could be that it's just guilt or shame that we feel. I know we all know what guilt and shame feels like. And as Christians, we've probably all done something where we know that we shouldn't have done it. And there's that, I don't know, there's a, just that little gap between our relationship compared to when we're just following him and obeying him and c- connected with him. And, and please hear me, I'm not talking about getting religious and, and crossing every T and dotting every I. I'm talking about a relationship just like you have with your loved ones whenever they do something that hurts you or you do something that hurts them, it, it causes a little gap in your relationship. But as we stay connected to Him, we, those things are minimized. Because I know what it's like to kind of turn or, or walk away from the Lord or do something that I know I shouldn't do, as opposed to when I'm connected with Him and I'm following Him. Because nothing can separate us from His love. It doesn't matter what we've done. So uh, the other thing that we deal with sometimes is is this whole issue of guilt and shame. We were not designed to carry guilt and shame and hatred and, and bitterness and anger and all of those kinds of things. And those can be the results of us not being connected to the source, not being connected to the Lord, where he's doing this transformation in our hearts and lives again John uh, in John 1010 10, Jesus said the thief has come to steal and kill and destroy and he takes no prisoners and you know people maybe you've been on a path to destruction yourself at some point in time and then by the grace of God you've you've turned to him and he's begun to bring restoration and healing and wholeness into your life and into your relationships and maybe you know people that that need Jesus in their heart and in their life because they're on a path to destruction or whatever. So, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit to help us stay on track. Jesus tells his disciples in John 16, 7, he says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And so I think that the disciples were kind of confused. They're like, "Well, wait a minute, Jesus, I thought you loved us, and you're going to leave us now." And he'd say, "No, no, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you stranded. I'm going to send the Advocate. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit." And and the Greek word used for Advocate here is parakletos. Uh, it means a comforter, and and he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, who bestows spiritual aid and consolation and helps us he's there Jesus is, has not abandoned us he's just sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and he goes on to say in John 167 but in fact it's best for you that I go away and let me just uh, emphasize this a little bit here because if I don't the Holy Spirit the comforter the one that bestows spiritual aid and consolation won't come if I do go away then I will send him to you John 168 and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. When we look at the scripture, it says that he will convict the world of its sin. He's, he, it doesn't say he will condemn the world of, sin, of its sin. He says he will convict. And what that word really means is to show the world, to reveal, to open our eyes to see. What we're doing have you ever seen somebody or known somebody that was caught up in something and they didn't even know it maybe maybe that's us maybe we see it in other people but we don't even see it in ourselves right and so the Holy Spirit can bring revelation and understanding to us and kind of peel back the layers that we can really see what's going on in our lives John 16 8 and when he comes he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness he will show the world how righteous God is and of the coming judgment. So the Holy Spirit will speak and show the world what the sin is in our lives and also speak of God's righteousness and his, event, his eventual judgment, which those of us who have accepted Christ, we won't go through that, that final judgment because we've already accepted Christ. The only judgment we'll go through is, is receiving our rewards. Were we obedient? Did we do the things that he asked us to do? And so, the sin, to sin means to miss the mark, like an archer shooting at a target and completely missing the target. That's what sin is. But what is the sin that Jesus is talking about in this passage of Scripture? Is it, well, is it drinking? Is it drugging? Is it cussing? Is it turning our back on God? Those are the kinds of things that I think most of us would naturally think of but that's not what he's talking about. He brings clarity in John 16:9. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. That's what, that's what the world's sin is because when we receive Christ into our life, I'm not saying that we never have any challenges or we never have any issues or problems, because that's not the case. But when we invite Christ into our lives, he begins to do this work He begins to do this transformation process. There are things that I used to do a long time ago that I have no passion or desire for anymore. Because God has and is and will continue to do this work in my heart and life. To draw me into a closer, more personal, intimate relationship with him. Because a lot of those things that I used to do, I just don't do anymore. And so he's not only drawing me into this real intimate personal relationship with him, but he's also taken a lot of those passions and desires that, that used to be no good for me. They, would, they were damaging for me and to my relationships and to other people. And so God began to remove those things. And I'm still a work in progress, believe me, I haven't arrived. But you know what? The key is to yield to him and say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I receive your grace, your forgiveness for all my sins. I want to walk in this liberty and freedom that you came to give. I want to be filled with your love that I love other people like you love me. John 16:10. righteousness is available because I, Jesus, going to the Father, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Let's skip down to verse 13, John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. John 16, 13 continues. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. The Holy Spirit is God's representative. Listen, it didn't. it's not weird and kooky. Have <laughs> you seen weird and kooky stuff going on? It's probably that person is weird and kooky the Holy Spirit is not weird and kooky. The Holy Spirit has come to lead us and guide us into all truth. And he goes on to say, he will tell you about the future. There are times when the Holy Spirit will give us insight and wisdom. Have you ever uh, been praying about a job or praying about a situation and uh, and maybe this job looks really good over here and, and this one doesn't look quite as good? And then... You're praying and and the Lord says, well, don't take this job over here. Take this one. And it doesn't make any logical or reasonable sense. But then in the end, you see the wisdom of God that maybe this company shuts down or there's more opportunity or something else happens. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. But we have to have the sensitivity to not only hear his voice, but also respond appropriately. Because there are times when my wife is talking to me, and I'm listening. It's not happening. The lights are on, but nobody's home. And so it's important that we hear this Holy Spirit, but that we respond to him. Because we can hear him and choose to walk away. Jesus came to restore Our relationship with God that was broken in the garden you know what's really interesting when you go back and read in Genesis chapter 2 when Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they knew they were not supposed to eat it's really interesting because it says they're naked they're naked in the garden and unashamed and then after they eat the fruit God comes to the garden and they're ashamed of their nakedness There are always consequences for sin. We may think that we're getting by with it, and we may be getting by with it according to what we think, but there are always consequences to sin. And so that's why the Lord says, don't do these things. That's why you tell your son, don't go to that party, because you're going to get in trouble, or you're going to be exposed to something that you need to stay away from. And so what God does is He sets boundaries, and He says, don't cross these boundaries. Stay within these boundaries that I give you, because I love you, because I care about you, because I'm looking out for you, just like you would look out for your 16-year-old son to try to keep him out of trouble, because sometimes he doesn't have the sense, or the wisdom, or the knowledge, or the understanding, or the experience to know that he's about to step into something. And so we have the Holy Spirit. Hey, Mark, don't don't go there. Don't click on that. Don't do that. Stay where you are. Not to constrict or restrict, but because he wants to guide us and lead us into his perfect love. My first point, true love requires sacrifice. And so today we're celebrating the sacrifice, but also the resurrection of Christ. The second point is the sacrifice of Jesus is sufficient to cover all of our sins. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. God's grace is sufficient. And His mercies, I love this, His mercies are new every morning. My third point is God's abundant love is available to everyone every minute of every day. The Lord loves us. And He wants us to experience a full life. The full life that He came to give. John 15, 12-13, Jesus said, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. He demonstrated this love to the disciples and to others. He performed miracles to, to meet other people's needs. He humbled himself and washed the disciples' feet. Eventually, he went to the cross for them and for us, for you and for me. And Jesus said this is my commandment love each other in the same way that I love you and I think that's part of what happens in this transformation process as God transforms our life is this love of Christ that he has begins to infiltrate into our hearts and lives and we begin to develop this relationship with him and we begin to love and like he loves listen if, if if we don't love people let me say it this way if we say we're Christians we should love the things that God loves and hate the things that he hates and if we don't love people I have to wonder about our relationship with God because of all creation he says we are his prized possession and the greatest thing that the Lord wants is to have a personal intimate relationship with each and every one of us he sent the holy spirit to empower us to do the same things that he did john 15 13 there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend jesus had a relationship with his disciples he called them friends god is not looking to get you (laughs) God is looking to come into a relationship with you, that you would experience that level of love, that you would get free of all things, the Lord desires that with you. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and maybe you're here this morning, and You don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you did at one point in time but you walked away, or maybe you never have. If that's you, would you slip up your hand where you are right now? Just catch my eye. I just want to pray with you where you are right now. Anybody else? There's no shame in that. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I just want to pray with you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you for that. Thank you. If you would just pray this prayer you can just pray this prayer quietly or out loud if if you just the thing is if you just pray with your heart just say dear Jesus I ask you to come into my heart today I ask you to come into my life I thank you for forgiving me for all my sins I thank you that today is a new day I thank you that today is a fresh start and a new beginning And I receive your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. And I thank you for this new beginning. And I pray that you would help me to live this new life out. That you would help me to forgive those who've hurt me. And and, uh, Lord God, uh, help me to go to those that I need to ask forgiveness from or whatever that looks like. But I want to put the past behind me. And and I thank you for this new day. I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer, those of you that prayed the prayer. Lord God, I pray that their sensitivity to your Holy Spirit would increase exponentially, that they would hear your small, still voice. In fact, I pray that for all of us, Lord, that all of our sensitivities would increase to you, and we would hear your voice speaking to our hearts. But not only would we hear, but we would choose to obey the things that you've asked asked us to do. And that we would be filled with this love that Jesus demonstrated and that we would walk in the power and the liberty and the freedom that you came to give. And so we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.